Chapter 28, Growing. I stare at the old yaga in shock. What are you saying? I whisper, electricity rushing over my skin. Well, I don't know for sure. The old yaga leans back against the porch steps. But I think your house might have worked a bit of yaga magic. The house puffs itself up behind me. I don't understand. The back of my neck tingles. I don't want to jump to conclusions or raise my hopes just to have them smashed to pieces. Yaga houses give the dead energy so they can seem alive. I nod slowly. So maybe your house has given you energy to actually be alive, for real. Is that even possible? I ask, hardly daring to believe it. I don't see why not. I've thought about this a lot on the way here, and I can't think of another reason you would fall into the black ocean. Perhaps your house made you alive before you went through the gate in an effort to stop you returning to the stars. <clears throat> or maybe <clears throat> your house simply decided the best way to make you happy was to make you alive. The old Yaga glances from her house to mine. Yaga houses are clever and loyal. If they know what their Yaga wants, they'll do everything they can to give it to them. Like my house grew me a laboratory and walked me all the way here. She gazes at her house affectionately, then turns back to me. I think your house made you alive because it wants you to be happy. Is this true? I ask the nearest window, more aware than ever before of the blood rushing through my veins. Am I alive? The house nods and shrugs at the same time, like it's not quite sure whether its efforts to make me alive have worked. How can I find out for certain? I look from the house to the old Yaga. Perhaps in the morning you can walk to that town by the lake to see if you fade, the old Yaga suggests with a smile. I can't wait till morning. I shake my head, buzzing with excitement. I'll never be able to sleep. Of course you will. The old Yaga ushers me into my house. You've had a busy time lately, and you've a busy day ahead tomorrow. You need your sleep, especially if you are alive. I get ready for bed, experiencing every sensation as if it were for the first time. The water splashing on my skin when I wash my face, the fresh scent of the pine soap, the warmth radiating from my body and becoming trapped under my blankets, the softness of Jack's feathers as I kiss him goodnight, and the whisper of nighttime breezes through the grassy field. I don't know if I'm imagining how different everything seems or if it's because I really am alive. As I'm falling asleep, a dark thought creeps into my mind. If I am alive, what does that mean for me in the house? Will it leave me now? A yoga house needs a guardian to guide the dead, not a living girl who wants a life with the living. I frown, and a tight pain squeezes my chest. If I am alive, I don't want to lose the house to be with the living, because I'm not like the living. I've been dead. I shake my head, feeling lost and confused. I've seen the birthplace of the stars, and I've lived in a yoga house all my life, with a Yaga grandmother, which makes me Yaga too. My thoughts seep into my dreams and they end up being filled with uncomfortable visions of being trapped in a square box of a house that is static and emotionless. A house that can't grow you mossy forts or play hide and seek with you or watch you till you're breathless or hug you on its porch. I'm woken by voices, but my head is so foggy it takes me a moment to recognize who they belong to, the old Yaga, Benjamin, and his father. They're all outside, talking and laughing like old friends. I wander out to join them, rubbing the sleep from my eyes. Good morning, Marinka. 
The old Yaga passes me a mug of tea. You're just in time. It should still be warm. Thank you. I sit on the porch steps and smile a greeting to Benjamin and his father. So you've met Tatiana? I only just remember not to call her the old Yaga or Yaga Tatiana. Yes, Benjamin's father nods. Tatiana says she's an old friend of your grandmother's. I'm so pleased she's here to keep an eye on you. I must admit, I was worried when you said you were living alone. That's why we came over when you didn't show up for breakfast this morning. I look up at the sky and realize it's nearly the middle of the day. Sorry, I must have overslept. It doesn't matter, Benjamin smiles. Would you like to come into town? There's a music festival by the lake. We could walk there together. My muscles tense, filling with nervous excitement. I glance at the old Yaga and she beams back at me. I'll make you some kasha while you get ready, she offers. Then you could meet Benjamin at his house. When I'm ready to go, I stand on the last step of the porch, palms sweating, legs feeling like lead. You'll be fine, the old Yaga nudges me onto the grass. What if I fade? My heart dips at the thought. Tell Benjamin you don't feel well and come home. I take a deep breath and turn to wave at my house, but it's the old Yaga's house that catches my eye. The damage looks even worse than last night. Her whole house seems to be falling apart and sinking into the ground. Is your house going to be all right? I ask, my forehead crumpling. The old Yaga's eyes get damp and shiny. She opens her mouth, but no words come out. Before I know what I'm doing, I wrap my arms around her and squeeze. She squeezes back, a small laugh escaping from her throat. Go on, she says. I'm just being silly. You go and have some fun. She squeezes me once more, then gently pushes me away and walks back to her house. I'll spend some time with my house and see you when you get back. She raises her hand and disappears through her front door. I turn to my house. House, I whisper. Is there anything you can do to help the old Yaga's house? The doorframe purses together and the windows narrow. If it's true about you doing what you can to make me happy, and I know you've done lots already, maybe even made me alive when you didn't have to, I take a trembling breath. I might be asking too much, but if there is anything you can do to save her house, then I'm not sure what else to say. Please, I offer. The house gives a little nod and I smile. I walk to Benjamin's house with a spring in my step and my cheeks ache from smiling as we wander away from the village toward the little town by the lake. Although I keep checking my hands to see if they'll fade, I know in my heart they won't. I feel too alive to be dead. Blood rushes through my veins and my mind buzzes with all the new things I see and hear and touch. We follow a path along the lake shore. Light and shadows dance beneath a canopy of rustling leaves. Cormorants rest on tiny islands, their wings held open to dry. Geese honk warnings to stay away from their nests in the reeds as fluffy goslings wobble around at their feet. The lake laps gently onto the shore, reflecting the mountains and the sky in soft white clouds that remind me of Baba's hair. I dip my fingers into the cool water and pick up smooth, shining stones. Before I know it, we are skirting the edge of the town, walking past market stalls and buildings and real, live, living people. I feel almost as weightless as I did in the stars. My gaze flits from shop windows filled with food to people holding hands and wearing friendly smiles. Everyone is getting on with their day like it is so ordinary, while inside I am bursting with the wonder of it all. 
The festival is in a park that runs from the edge of the town to the shore of the lake. A stage has been set up and a huge group of drummers are on it, sending beats thrumming into the air. Every muscle in my body vibrates, and it must be the same for all the other people, because they are bouncing around everywhere, like me. Different musicians take turns on the stage. Some dance with instruments that shine in the sun, and others strum guitars and sing. Melodies rise up and drift across the lake. Baba would have loved all this music so much. Thinking of her makes my body feel heavy, and the bounce in my feet disappears. Benjamin must notice because he asks if I want to rest and get something to eat from one of the food stalls. I choose something that looks like a fluffy pink, fluffy pink cloud because I can't possibly imagine what it might taste like. I break off sticky wisps and let them dissolve on my tongue, while Benjamin pulls off chunks and squashes them until they look like solid pink sweets. The sun sets, but the music plays on. We dance some more in front of the stage, surrounded by living people, until I feel like there's no air left in my lungs. Finally, the festival ends and we wander back along the lakeshore, watching silver moonbeams curl over ripples. Both my mind and body are heavy and tired, but it's one of the nicest, warmest feelings I've ever had, because I'm worn out from doing some of the things I've only ever dreamed of. I'm bursting to get home and tell the house and the old Yaga all about my day. Can you wait a minute? Benjamin asks when we reach his house. I've got something for you. He runs inside and comes out with a frame that looks familiar. It's the photograph of Baba and me from when I was a baby. His ears blush pink. I borrowed this without asking, and I'm so sorry, but there was a good reason. He passes me a large piece of paper with his other hand. It's the sketch he drew of me and Jack in the bothy, but he's added Baba to the picture. She looks just like she does in the photograph he borrowed, a huge smile and eyes filled with pride. He's changed the drawing of me and Jack a little too, adding more shading and detail, and when I look at my eyes in the picture, they seem happier than in the original, a twinkle of excitement shining in each of my pupils. I hope you don't mind. Benjamin shuffles his feet nervously. I love it. I whisper. It's perfect. The moon is big and bright above me as I wander back across the field to my house. Its silhouette looks different somehow, and I tilt my head to try and figure out what's going on. A new section of floor is extending out from one side of the porch, and two new walls are rising up on either side. Three shoots, which will probably thicken into roof joists, are growing between the walls. As I draw closer, I realize the new room is connecting the two houses. Vines are clambering around the walls and creeping over the old Yaga's house. Even in the darkness, I can see her house is healing where the vines are touching it. The wooden walls are stronger, more upright, and gleaming in the moonlight like they had been polished with beeswax. I step onto the soft new floor and notice the old Yaga sat in the middle, watching fresh shoots emerge from the top of the walls and weave their way across the space above us. Jack is on her shoulder, but he squawks when he sees me and flaps over to my elbow. The old Yaga looks up at me and smiles, but she doesn't say anything. I sit next to her in silence under the stars as we watch our houses grow together through the night. <laughs>